Years ago, I was at Longwood Garden with my boys. I only had two at the time. I think they were two and four. And at Longwood, they have this topiary garden. You ever been there? And in the topiary garden, there's this cement object. And it has these weird markings in it. In the middle of the cement is this pole that stands there. And my kid said, well, what is that? And I tried to explain, it's a sundial. And they said, well, what do you mean? How does it work? And you know what the problem was? It was a cloudy day. And on a cloudy day, a sundial doesn't work. So I tried to explain, and they just didn't get it. Well, a few weeks later, we were back again, and the sun was out, so we went to the topiary garden, and guess what? The sundial worked. And the shadow was cast, and it told the time, and the kids marveled, and we came back an hour or two later, and the shadow had moved, and they saw how a sundial worked, because a sundial needed the sun to shine on it to tell the time. Well, today's text is kind of like a sundial. And that's what we're going to look at today as we look at three short verses in Mark chapter 12. You hear that? Three verses. This could be a five-minute sermon. Mark chapter 12, verse 35. And as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, How can the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself in the Holy Spirit declared... The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord, so how is he his son? And the great throng heard him gladly. Thus saith the Lord. What's going on here? If you'll remember the last three weeks, we looked at three questions. The Pharisees asked about politics. The Sadducees asked about the resurrection. You know the Sadducees? They were sad, you see. I gotta let my joke go, don't I? And then last week a scribe asked about the law, which is the greatest commandment. And in verse 34 it said, following those questions, no one dared ask him, Jesus, any more questions. You know why? Because our Lord just flipped the script. He turned the questions that were designed to trap him to trap the people that asked him. He brought truth to bear, and the people said, what are we going to do? We can't do anything to trap this guy. So they sat down. And when the class was done asking the teacher questions, the teacher decided to ask the class a question. And he asks him a question in three short verses, and the question is based on a misunderstanding of who Messiah is. Because, see, Jews believe Messiah would be a man, amen? But he would be nothing more than a man. He would be a powerful man, a conquering man, a mighty man, the most powerful king the world would know, but nothing more than a man. You say, where do they come up with that? Thanks for asking. They come up with that in Scripture. It's not a full understanding of who Messiah is, but 2 Samuel 7, you can listen to the recording and run these out later. Verse 12, Psalm 89, verse 4, Amos 9, 11, Micah 5, 2, Ezekiel 37, starting in verse 24, all speak of the fact Messiah would be of the lineage of David and a man. Is Messiah a man? Hey, Christmas is coming up. We'll clear that up real quick in four weeks. Is Messiah a man? Is Messiah only a man? But the people didn't see Jesus as, more, as Messiah as more than a man. And that's part of why they had a problem with Jesus. Because what did Jesus claim to be? God. 
So the crowds became intrigued. The, the leaders of the Israelites became furious because they had a misperception of who Messiah was. So Jesus says, hey, I got a question for you. Why do you say Messiah is just a man when God himself says, David says in the Holy Spirit, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Do you know what David just called Messiah? Look at that. What did he call him? My what? My Lord. He called him God. These people are asking Jesus questions to destroy him. So Jesus asked them a question to destroy them. Amen? To trap him. Amen? To kill him. Amen? To teach him to save him because he loved him. Are you tracking with me? Why would Jesus ask a question of his enemies who wanted to kill him to invite them to salvation? I don't like this. I want enemies destroyed. I want people that mess with me dead. I want people who disturb me justice delivered. Amen? Ooh. Do you see how gracious and kind and loving and compassionate and long-suffering my Lord is? I'm like, Jesus, these guys want you dead. They want you out of the way. They want to put an end to you. And why do you love them so? Oh, we sing that song. Oh, how he loves me so. You have, we have no idea how he loves us because we used to be the enemies. They were asking questions to trap him. And he asks a question to save him. This question is focused primarily on the Pharisees. You say, Pastor, where do you come up with that? You guys are on fire today. Left side strong. Where do you come up with that? Right side strong. Now we're ready to go. I come up with that in Matthew 21 in the parallel account because it says right there, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, and this is the question he asked them. It's a parallel account. It's a question designed to bring life. It's an invitation to salvation. And it's so important because the questions of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes were all distortions of Scripture. Are you tracking with me still? The Pharisees have asked about taxes because of a failure to understand the teaching about government. The Sadducees, a failure to understand the resurrection and the scribes, the law. So Jesus says, let's sit down and look at this question here. Why do you say Messiah is just a man? When God says, through David, Messiah will be God. Are you all tracking with me? Look at this. The Lord said to my Lord. Who does David call Messiah? God. Sit at my right hand. What does that mean? It's not a chair. It means Messiah will have divine power. And David says these things in the spirit. You know what that means? This is breathed out by God. This is God's very own word. So David says, or said more properly, God says through David, Messiah will be of the line of David, but fully God. Did you know that? We're going to spend a few weeks coming up next Sunday looking at the incarnation of Christ. God become flesh and dwell among us. Light of the world enter down, come down into darkness. People say, where in the Bible does it say Jesus is God? You know what I always say? Take my copy. It's all over the stinking place. It's everywhere in there. So you say, how did the Jews miss this? See, I played that out too long. Now every time I do that. It's right there in Psalm 110. 
Jesus is preaching an expositional sermon on Psalm 110. Did the Jews not read Psalm 110? They read Psalm 110. How did they miss it? How did they not know it? It's right there. How did they miss it? I was down at Longwood Gardens a few years ago. And I was with my boys, and we saw this cement thing. Have I told you this story before? And they're looking at it, and they say, I don't get it. What do you mean? What do you mean? It's a sundial. It doesn't do anything. It's cement and markings and a pole in the ground. I said, no, guys, it's a sundial. They said, I don't get it. They were little kids. They couldn't understand. Well, one day when we came back, the sun was out. And you know what? The sun shone, and it cast a shadow. And all of a sudden, they said, I got it. Watch this. This is magnificent. Psalm 110 apart from the illumination of the light of the Son of God, is nothing more than vowels and consonants. Have you ever shared the gospel with someone and they look at you like this? You ever do that? You know why? It sounds in vowels and consonants. It's a sundial with no sun shining on it. I mean S-O-N, not S-U-N. And do you know what Jesus came to do in this passage? This should blow your head. He came to shine light in darkness, to turn vowels and consonants to salvation, to make the gospel come to life. How? It's a miracle. Something only God can do. He gave an invitation. He said, hey, you remember Psalm 110? Of course they knew Psalm 110. These, these were masters of scripture. These, these, were, these were theologians. These were people who had been to the seminary of the day. They could recite scripture. He says, so I got a question for you. I, I, Jesus is so magnificent on so many levels. Dude preached an expositional sermon in three verses. I can barely squeeze these out into 30, 40 minutes, and half of my stuff you could forget about and be better off. He says, why? It says right there, you guys. The Lord said to my Lord, Psalm 110, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. So he says, David calls him Lord, so how's he his son? He says, so you think Messiah is a man? Okay. You're halfway there. But why does it say Messiah is God? Why did they want to kill Jesus? How many times did they grab stones and yell, blasphemer? Do you know why? What did Jesus claim to be? Was that unbiblical? Hmm? Was that unbiblical? That was totally biblical. It didn't fit the false narrative of the Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes and legalists. The sundial doesn't work apart from the... The gospel doesn't work apart from... You cannot hear and believe unless God illuminates. So we say, well, listen, if we make this place real fancy, we were joking around yesterday, we're going to do a nativity scene with live elephants. We signed Roy up to clean up afterwards. We're going to fill the baptismal with sharks. We're going to bring in magicians and balloonists, and we're going to have the world's greatest moon bounce. We're going to put in a roller coaster outside, and we're going to give $200 gas cards for all first-time visitors. We're going to pack this sucker out. And you know what we'll have? A lot of debt, a lot of people, and a Lord looking at us, shaking his head, saying, I am disappointed in you. Do you know we can pack a place, but you can't pack the kingdom? Do you know how people come to save in faith? God invites them. God illumines. Do you know what role you play? Do you know, do you know what role you play? 
You get to communicate what the world considers folly, and that's it, get out of the way. Guys, this is a sundial. How's it work? Oh, the sun's got to shine on it. These are the words of everlasting life. You know how they work? The sun has got to shine on it. The Holy Spirit has to convict of sin and righteousness and judgment. Do you know how you mature a Christian? It's the same thing. The sun has got to illuminate. Do you know why scripture is living and active? You never plumb the full depths of it. You never get to the bottom of it. You know why? Because it's vowels and consonants until the Lord illumines it for our minds. Do you see that? Remember when Peter confessed Jesus as the Christ? Do you remember that? In Matthew's account, do you know what Jesus said to him? Blessed are you because you're so smart. Is that right? Jerry's got it. Blessed are you that God chose to reveal this to you. Does anyone here love Jesus? That's it. Does anyone here love Jesus? Do you know why you love Jesus? Because he first loved you. Do you, has anyone here ever heard the gospel? God saved you from himself, by himself, for himself. You may look at me and go, it's just sounds, isn't it? But some of you hear that and you say, praise God, amen. Do you know how you can say praise God and amen? Because God illuminated those words. God put light where there was darkness. Do you, th th this is just three verses and all this meat is packed in here. Do you know the proper response to this? He says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord, so how is he his son? Look at the end of this. This is disturbing. Do you see the end there? What's it say the crowds did? Heard him gladly. A lot of churches, people giggly and happy today. You know, it's a good song, a little smoke show, and Jesus wants you to have your best life now. Oh, awesome. This is such a good day to be a Christian. Can I tell you something? There are too many people that hear the vowels and consonants and it tickles their ear and they get a false gospel or they get a prosperity gospel or they get a legalistic fundamental distortion of truth where it all rests on you. And some people are real glad about that and they just smile at Jesus and feel really pretentious and upbeat about themselves. Guys, the great throng heard him gladly. There are a lot of tickled ears that are going to hell. That's a sad, sad thing. Do you know what the great thong, the great thong, throng, whoo, whoo, do you know what the great throng should have said? What do you mean? We, 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 we thought Messiah was a man. It says, you're right. Sit at my right hand. It says, the Lord said to my Lord, David called his offspring God. And that God said to God, sit at my right hand, walk in my power until I make your enemies a footstool under your feet. Lord Jesus, what does that mean? I don't understand. Help me to understand. And do you know what Jesus would say? Okay. Have you ever read scripture and it's like, oh, I never, I never saw that before. Yeah, yeah, you ever even memorize a verse and you can recite it and then all of a sudden one day it becomes real? You ever have that? Do you know what happened? You just got smarter. You, you sat under phenomenal preaching 
and you got smarter. I say that again, God may strike me dead. You know what happened? The sun came out, amen? The sun came out and a shadow was cast and, and vowels and consonants came to life. Listen, I don't know your hearts. I don't know your relationship with Christ, but maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ. Maybe he's asking you a question. Who do you say I am? Well, this is what I hear. Jesus is a good teacher. You ever hear that one? Jesus is a good, Jesus is a good example. Right? Jesus was a kind man. Jesus was a prophet. Jesus would say, give me a stinking break. Those are not options. I am the God-man come to take away the sin of the world. Now, maybe you just heard, wah, 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 wah. Okay? If you're comfortable sitting in wah, 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 there's nothing I can do. But if you truly want to know who God is, if you truly want to understand if he really is who he says he is, if you truly want to understand what the good news is, cry out to God, ask God, reveal yourself to me, and he will. No matter what you say, well, what if I've done some really, really bad stuff? How bad? Uh, there, are there some things you can do that God can't forgive? It's got to be something, right? I mean, what if you stole a lot of money? What, what if you were incredibly unfaithful to your spouse? What, 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 if you, what if you harmed children? Jesus clearly can't forgive that, right? This is scandalous. He forgives every sin of those who will trust in him. You can't do anything too bad that God can't forgive you because his grace is so powerful and magnificent and far-reaching. Do you understand the depth and the riches and the power of the love of God in Christ Jesus? So if you don't know him, he's asking you a question. Why does the scripture say, Jesus says, that I'm the way, the truth, and the life? No one comes to the Father but through me. If that makes no sense, ask him to explain it to you. Search the scriptures. Lord Jesus, please shine light on these vowels and consonants. You say, what about the Christian folk? Aren't there times where we forget how we came to faith in Christ? Yeah, you ever go through the week and forget about God? Yeah, listen, I got a lot of stuff to do. I got a to-do list. You want me to show it to you? And, and if I could put God out of the way, I could knock this sucker out. I could get through all of my stuff, and then I'll check in again on Sunday. Hey, God, welcome back. I'm here at church. We'll sing a couple songs, and then we'll get out of here because I got stuff to do. Wood, hay, and straw is what you're doing. It won't last. But listen, my friends, when we slow down, God is gracious, and sometimes he trips us up so we fall flat on our face and we think we're destroyed, but we're not destroyed. He's just building us up. How often do we forget how we came to know Christ? Was it on your own strength and your own power by your own volition of the will and your own intelligence? No, you know what happened? The sun shined. Did you know that? Do you know how we're called to live? Trust in yourself with all your might and lean not on God's understanding. In all your ways, do what you want and it will work out real well. But don't we live that way? Do you know what the scripture says? The opposite. 
Trust in the Lord with all your strength and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And what did we learn last week? Our response should be, I can't do it. I don't understand it. Help. And do you know what happens on those cloudy days when you doubt? Do you know what happens on those overcast days when you can't see what you should do? Do you know what happens in the gloom of life when you feel lost and despondent and, de and depressed and you cry out to God and the sun comes out, doesn't it? The sun never went anywhere, but sometimes a haze of sin stands in the way. It's only three verses. We're still going on these three verses. Jesus calls us to this tremendous responsibility. Go and make what? How do you do it? You want the two P's of it? Preach and pray, my friends. Listen, we forget so often how we were saved, by whom we were saved, and whose we are in Christ Jesus. If we stop and think about it and marvel at this, God, we did not understand Scripture. We could not understand Scripture. We could not trust in Christ unless the sun came out. And then God calls us to go out on a beautiful sun-filled day. You know what I mean by that? A beautiful S-O-N-filled day. And to trust in Him and to walk with Him and proclaim the excellencies of He who called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. We got seating for a couple more. Do you want to fill it up? Do you want to pack it out? Do you want to pack it out with people who go out and proclaim the gospel so that before the Lord comes back, they might be saved? Do you want to make it as hard as you can for people to go to hell or as easy as you can? My friends, here's a job. Make it a beautiful S-O-N filled day. Trust in Him, lean on Him, cry out to Him, call to Him. Go to the Scriptures and ask Him to turn the vowels and the consonants into living, active words. And then we go out and we communicate those words and we pray, God, the world considers this folly, but they're the words of life. The Gospel is the power of God to salvation. So we preach and we pray and we wait expectantly. Amen? My friends, I know some people who aren't saved. If I love them, do you know what I do? I tell them about this guy who was a man. He lived a perfect life that they couldn't. He died a death they deserved, and he rose from the grave. But he wasn't just a man. He's God. And do you know why he has to be God? See, a man came to live the life we couldn't. But who can forgive sin? Only God. Well, why does the scripture say, David said to his offspring, my Lord, why did he call him God? Because he was God. You go on from here, and we won't today, but there are lots of false teachers that tried to lead the people astray. We are to be a people of sound doctrine, soundly rooted in the word of God and the God of the word. Listen, salvation rests on a proper understanding of who Christ is. Who is he? God in the flesh. Fully God, fully man come to save the world from its sin. Not a good teacher, though he's a good teacher. Not a good example, though he's a good example. God come to save people. Salvation rests on a proper understanding of who Christ is. 
Our joy in salvation rests in a proper understanding of who Christ is. He is Lord and Savior. He's not a consultant. He doesn't say, let me help you out, mix a little of me in to sweeten up your life. No, no, no. He says, die to self and live for my glory. If you die, then you will truly live. He came that our joy may be complete. But to experience that rests in a proper understanding of who he is and our fruitfulness and youthful, usefulness to God rests in a proper understanding of who Christ is. You can't save anybody. You can't. But there's nobody that God can't save if he so chooses. Did you know that? Don't go looking out there for good candidates. Go out there looking for image bearers. Because Jesus came to save lost people. How will he save them? By his word. What is your job? Put the sundial out there and let the sun shine on it. Are you tracking with me? You may explain the gospel. People may say, huh? People may say, get out of here. People may say, I never saw that before. But you get no credit or glory, my friends. Your job is to preach the word in season and out. God's job is to shine the light. And he will save anyone who will trust in him. These are the very people he's asking this question of who would kill him. Do you understand that? You think you've done something bad? These are the folks who crucified Christ. He offers salvation to the people that want him dead. Do you really think you're that bad? This question is an invitation given to the Pharisees first and foremost. It's an invitation given to the crowds that gathered. It's an invitation given to all who would ever hear the word of God recorded in Scripture. And the question is, who do you say Christ is? And the answer that's proper is, who are you? Help me understand. And this question is an encouragement to the saints because too often we forget that the only way we can know God, the only way we can trust in God, the only way we can glorify God, the only way we can see people come to saving faith in God is not based on our intellect, not based on our clever schemes, not based on our trying to manipulate things. It's based on the only hope that the sun will shine. And I know that the sun will shine because he is not dead. He's risen. I worship a risen Lord. And I am called to proclaim to the world, my God lives. Some of y'all worship pieces of wood. Read about that in Isaiah. Some of you worship imagination. Some of you worship yourself. And that's what we all do in the flesh. But Jesus came to save sinners. He came to save idol worshipers. How? By the sunshine. God became one of us and dwelt with us. Light came in to darkness. He says here, guys, you got an improper understanding of who Messiah is. I ask you a simple question. Why does it say the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet? You know why it says that? Because Messiah will be a man who is God. And do you know who stood in front of these people on this very day and asked them these very words? The gracious, loving, compassionate, merciful God-man. 
And he still asks that question today because we live in a time of present grace. But when he comes back, it's too late. You don't put off for another day what you're presented with today. If, if this makes sense to you today and you haven't trusted in Christ, trust him. And for those of you who have trusted in him, cry out to him, Lord Jesus, help us reveal yourself to us more fully so we might know you better and love you as you made us to love you and live the lives you've called us to because too often we turn you into a cruel taskmaster when you're simply a gracious and loving God. Do you know who Jesus is? Well, Psalm 110 makes it pretty clear. It's Messiah, fully God, fully man, come to take away the sin of the world. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. If you have come to the Father, praise him. Come to know him better and trust in him. If you haven't, how incredible that God still invites and calls people who hated him to trust in him and be saved. Lord Jesus, gracious, perfect God, <laughs> thank you for your word, Jesus. How, how incredible the depth and the riches and the wisdom that you reveal to us in your word, that we get glimpses of your wisdom and your majesty and your sovereignty. Lord, help us. Help us to see you for who you truly are. Help scripture become alive and active. Help it become more than vowels and consonants. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to understand so we might know you well glorify you more fully, and rejoice in you. And Lord, please use us to proclaim your gospel so that you might shine your light. Hmm. Please, the Lord Jesus, to you alone be the glory forever and ever. We pray in your name. Amen.